0: pushing buttons, and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny.
1: Welcome to Gun Funny episode 101. Today I'm going to talk with Mark Krebs from Krebs Custom, talk about the mental health problem we have in society, and discuss my most useless talent. I am your host, Ava Flannell. And Mark, how are you doing today?
0: Oh, I'm doing well, thank you.
1: So uh for those who are watching us live, I do not have my camera on because I just got back from Seattle. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, take a nap or do your hair and your makeup. And I really needed the nap. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to shut my camera off and we are good. <laughs> so, uh yeah. But oh, come you on. See, you get to see Mark's pretty face.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> at your worst can only be better than me. <laughs>
1: All right, so before we get into it, let's talk about Manicore Arms. Manicore Arms is in Illinois with you and you are familiar with their products. I think actually I met you through Manicore Arms at the Manicore Arms Bullpup Shoe. And yeah, up. Uh, so I mean, what are your like what's one of your favorite products for Manicore Arms?
0: Well, uh as of late, I think that the uh bullpup configuration that they uh have been working on for the uh, Evo, uh has been really well thought out. When I look at that gun, I I can't tell where the uh, Evo starts and where the Bullpup starts. I yeah. mean, it's really uh, visually well integrated, and uh, it's also uh, yeah. I think spend, they- spend-, they- spend- they it's it, I think. it. Yeah.
1: And I agree. It's like you kind of look at it and you're like, where does it, what part did Sven design? Did it come with, because it looks like the gun was just made like that.
0: And, right. And which is, uh, man, that, that's hard for a lot of people to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got it on the nose.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, so if you guys, if any of the listeners are wondering, the the Scorpion EVO bullpup has not come out yet. At this point, it's not in Sven's hands. It's in CZ's hands. So it's just a matter of time. Uh, when CZ decides to launch it. But all right. So now we're going to talk about Krebs.
0: Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry.
1: Mark, what is Krebs Custom? Um, well, anybody uh, who's under a rock and has never heard of you guys.
0: We're a company that is kind of dedicated to uh, modernizing the AK platform to American use or modernizing it, whatever. We've always kind of fell into niche areas where we try to improve ergonomics and uh, work on mechanical concepts and a lot of different things like that.
1: And when did you start the business?
0: Uh, 85 wow. was when we first started.
1: Thanks. So it's older than me. I mean, I don't want to say like, you know, I'm young or anything, but you definitely have had your business older than I've been alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've worked on a couple of them. Yeah.
1: So, I, like, when you started in 85, were AKs as popular?
0: Or- oh, no. No. I mean, uh, Well, we still had the stigma of the uh, Vietnam War. Uh, For some reason, when Iraq and all that happened, I think that there was... uh, I really don't know what happened, but the the mindset on the guns opened up uh, as to how reliable they are and stuff like that. It's very hard to get uh, a reliable old gun... And those type of conditions where you got talky sand and stuff like that, that washes out the bore and, uh, you know, laps down the gun to almost nothing, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of poor examples, but I, anybody that's gotten a, a reasonably new one has, uh, used them and realized uh, how reliable and uh, yeah. I, I won't say they're the the most accurate, but they are certainly accurate enough to uh, do what's cut out for them. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, yeah. average AK will shoot about four inches. That's what the government requirement is for an M4. So would
1: uh, you say that you were one of the few in the industry uh, doing things with AKs?
0: Well, yeah. I, when I I went to gunsmithing school, I had a Vomit M seventy one, which is a AK configuration, and uh, I started to realize we'd go out rabbit hunting and stuff all night, and uh, my gun never failed, and uh, other people's did. <laughs> yeah, and that, and my also my my teacher Bob Dunlap was a uh, a big fan of them as well.
1: When did you start kind of seeing an increase in popularity with AKs? Because in my opinion, I think it's only happened recently. I feel like everyone's always kind of, you know, sort of lean towards, you know, loving like ARs and they're like, uh, AKs. But I, you know, but I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't been in the industry that long.
0: No, I, I, uh, it started picking up when, well, when I first started doing it, I mean, man, if you ask more than five bucks apart part for anything you were making for it. They're like, hey, you know, what is this made out of gold or whatever? And then uh, as time went on, uh, the platform got a lot more respect, mm-hmm. uh, which it should. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I recently got into AKs and I really enjoy the one that I have. I love that the ammo is affordable, especially with just ammo prices skyrocketing. I can't help but think, like, you're shooting a really expensive gun. You can't help but think, like, wow, that was, you know, I just shot for, like, five minutes, and that was, like, 50 bucks. So, I mean, just in that aspect, I like the price of the ammo. I think that it is reliable. And I love that so many companies are, I mean, not a ton of companies, but there are companies out there, like, making products that you can switch it out and customize your AK.
0: Well, you- that's half our business, and then the other half is making our proprietary guns.
1: So, what what are your proprietary guns? Because I, you recently just sent me three of your firearms, and I was looking over them, and they're beautiful. But what parts on the AK are proprietary?
0: Well, um, the rear sight, the front sight, gas block, the forend, the safety. Our M4 adapter, mag release. Uh, Tim's over here no, helping trying. out my uh, all-timers. Um, we, uh, we, we've switched to a uh, the um, gunfighter stock, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Man, they're tight. There's no wiggle in them. And uh, we also went to the... Uh, Tango Down grip, which used to be the US Palm configuration, but you could never get anything out of them. And uh, so now we're working uh, with Jeff at Tango Down. Uh, we make the fore end. Right now we're making the rear sight support until they get in stock, but it, it's pretty much duplicate of the original. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it Allows you to do is it co-witnesses uh, with an aimpoint scope, and then other things that's going to happen in two to three months is we're going to actually have a clamp-on scope rail. So, because one thing that's been a shortcoming of this gun is it's a CQB gun pretty much only, mm-hmm. and uh, this way you get an inline scope mount. And, uh, which is a lot of the problem with the, the scope rails because they, they flex, you know, when the gun shoots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will make, we've made the gun a little bit less expensive and also opened up the application for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was something that I did notice is that you guys switched where, you know, where you can put an optic, which is pretty genius because... You're right, as you shoot it, there tends to be movement, and then next thing you know you're not going to be as accurate with like your red dot or something. Um, so I have a few questions about the gun, mm-hmm. and okay, let's start with the muzzle. I noticed the muzzle device is a four pronged flash hider, and then it has a closed time cover mm-hmm. How well does it hide the flash with the cover off?
0: Well, I hope when you're you're doing your demos, uh, you do a demo of it. But it is virtually black. Hmm. Uh, with Russian ammo, uh, you'll get some sparks coming out of the gun, which are embers that you really can't take care of. If uh, you're shooting American powder through it, then you're going to see absolute black. Uh, we actually had a video of a 308, and uh, you couldn't see the flash it actually kicked up more uh, distrust than it did <laughs> you know um, uh, a following yeah. because people didn't believe it but we made uh, 29 of these before we actually came up with the right configuration that would do the job because uh, there's uh, very many people that have flash hiders out there that are made for looks and they really don't do the job.
1: Yeah, I'll agree. I also noticed like compared to the AK that I have, so the feed ramp, you guys kind of put well you put a feed ramp on the barrel. So it's not like your traditional, I don't know what's called, like the U plate riveted part in the receiver.
0: Right, so the bullet guide.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. And I mean, so that that's like nice, but would you say that that definitely has a benefit because of you know, the
0: ramp. Well, the um. The, the feed ramp is actually not a feed ramp if the gun's working correctly. It, it, it's really a clearance. Okay. Uh, because the bullet nose really shouldn't hit the barrel before it, it chambers. Mm-hmm. And uh, that can deform the bullet nose, which uh, creates a little more inaccuracy, you know, which uh, is something you don't want. Mm
1: hmm. And then I'll say, like, I love the safety selector. That was pretty cool because it could be used as a bolt release. When I put out that video, which I was just shooting it for the first time, kind of getting a feel for it, but a few people commented and they were like, oh, wait, was that just used as a bolt release? So I love that.
0: Well, you know, honestly, it's just made to hold the gun open at the range. Okay. You know, we make one without a a hook in it, but. And some people get worried about the little hole in the side of the safety, but there's a huge ejection port right before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't see that it makes a lot of difference, but uh, uh, we have both, you know. But it, it's only meant to be used as a bolt hole, but not not something to actually, oh, okay, I'm going to charge my gun now, you know.
1: Oh, so I just look stupid doing it.
0: Well, <laughs> you did what you could do with it, and you can do that. Uh-huh. Well, I you thought know, that so, I mean, it's not I stupid. It it's funny. just um, it's another use for it, but it's not something that we necessarily recommend.
1: Okay. And then, do you is it and it's the LG trigger that you guys have? In? ALG. ALG is that a sister company from Geisley? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, I was wondered about that. I'm surprised that you guys haven't made your own triggers by
0: now. Well, um, as time goes on, you know, I mean, one of the reasons why we also went into the uh, hybrid kind of AK thing is that we realized all the kits would dry up, and uh, our whole idea about this gun was to uh, make a gun that was a normal gun of a normal size, of a normal weight, that would... Handle everything you got to put on it without it being encumbered. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah, that makes sense.
0: Which uh, is uh, the AC fifteen is uh, adaptable carbine.
1: Okay, and then the rear trunnion that allows so you to put any AR stock. What what attachment is that? Who makes that?
0: Oh well, that's our that's our regular M four adapter which just slides into the uh, back and is held in by the, uh, the T-nut on the uh, pistol grip, and also there's a uh, rear trunnion hole that it screws into, and then the, the tang goes down the hole for the tube, which was uh, originated by uh, Jim Fuller, actually.
1: Okay. Have you thought about branching off to any other parts?
0: Yes. Um... We've got a lot of stuff going right now, the 9x39 project that we got sucked up a lot more time than we anticipated and stuff like that. But that's my next goal is to, once we get the 9x39 pumping through here smoothly, is to revisit all the parts and uh, try to make a, a, a takedown end for the small ends. Uh, different things like that just make overall improvements, stuff that's been bugging me Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, the screw-on top covers for the the four ends is the, the standard and the way it's been done. Once we started doing our long UFM, we made one that was field strippable. And really to have the gun correct, correct, it, it needs to have a uh a, a, you know a takedown feature for cleaning mm-hmm. and uh, that's one of the things we're going to be looking at and just a wider variety of stuff also ar parts
1: nice so tell me about your project with the 9x39
0: well the the 9x39 we um Got on. It's kind of funny when we first went to Russia. Me and David Fortier and Mark Vorobiev, we went and we went to the Quick Reaction Team, which is uh, Spetsnaz, and uh, we went in there and he had all his boys from Chechnya back, and uh, one of them had a, a VSS. And we really weren't even concerned about that gun. We were uh, mostly interested in the AN-94. And, of course, meeting Mr. Kolasnikov and, you know, all of that good stuff. But uh, it's uh, it's something that, um, I don't know, helped me be more aware of what's going on with AK Concepts and, and the way... It, and actually the way that they do things down there, mm-hmm. um, cause it's not just like, uh, people, uh, one person doesn't get on it. They get a whole design team on it, you know? And, uh, I met all those guys down there and it, it was truly an honor meeting them and, and Mr. Klasnikov as well, of course. And, uh, we had, a uh, we had lunch at a summer home, and that was on the infamous 9-11. And uh, we went back to our hotel rooms and saw the carnage. Wow. And uh, it was a strange deal because we didn't know whether we were getting out of there or not. And, uh, you know, or when,
1: uh-huh. you know. so so
0: I may have digressed a little here.
1: No, it's um, <laughs> that's, I mean, I could just imagine... So what made you choose the 9 by 39? Is that because like when you went to Russia, they were branching off to that caliber or
0: Well, they they um the stats started showing how many people were actually carrying those. Now, in that it's it's very hard to tell because they've always been very secretive, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I think America should do. But uh, they started using them as a, you know, a uh, urban sniper rifle. And then they also learned that they were also very hard-hitting guns and started using them for room clearing. And they've had a a, a 173-grain, 30 caliber sniper rifle round that uh, has been around for years that they've been uh, dissatisfied with. And apparently, the story, though you never know, um, a guy took out an entire squad except for the last two guys, which he machine gunned down, and they adopted it the same day. And this was in Chechnya when they were perusing neighborhoods and stuff like that.
1: And the 9 by 39 it's really, it's not super new. It's been around for quite some time now. It's, it's
0: been- old. I yeah, mean, damn like near old, yeah. I, and, uh, they wanted to sell it to us back in the, in the 90s and stuff, and they didn't want nothing to do with it. And it's uh, the hitting power compared to, say, like Blackout is insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, Wikipedia said it's, like, almost double like even that of a 762 by
0: 39 Yeah. Hey, Tim, would you get one of those uh, quartered-up bullets that Lehigh sent us? Yeah. Le- Lehigh Defense is making ammo for it. They they haven't got the accuracy down quite yet, but, man, bullet performance is, is psycho. I- I'll show you a bullet that they shot in. Uh, it looks like they shot it in the water, but... It is a thing to behold. It's a little disconcerting, almost.
1: Is anybody else that you know making the 760 by Or Yes. 39?
0: Yeah, there's uh, definitely a, a few places that, that are getting into it. Um, one of the bullets they have is uh, this, and it kind of looks like a, a Phillips head screwdriver. And uh, w- what the idea is... Uh, is to uh, are you getting it? Oh,
1: Wow, yeah,
0: uh, okay. Tell me if I'm not putting it in the right place. And uh, what this does is these little cutouts kind of increase the fluid effect and open the wound channel by venturing the, the fluid out like this, uh-huh. and uh, it, it opens up the wound channel and then. The other one is a sectioned bullet. These are 275 grain. That, uh. Wow. Yeah. Definitely don't, uh. I don't know. That that
1: expands uh, credit. Yeah,
0: probably wouldn't help your court case if you actually used one of these in self defense. Yeah. Uh,
1: So that's actually, I was just thinking that as a farm. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. It's gruesome. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I always tell people, I'm like, stay away from stuff that's like, even like the RIP rounds, which any good lawyer is going to say, hey, it's more of a novelty. You had the intentions to do more damage than like your typical hollow point. And so as you held that up, I was, that was exactly what was going through my mind.
0: No, a bad court case, right? Hog hunting, stuff like that. I mean, John Sharps is going to go get a hog with one. And uh, I I can't wait to see the results. I know it's a little bit morbid, but it's part of the science.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So when do you expect yours to launch, your 9x39s?
0: Well, we're we're going to teach a class uh, in uh, North Carolina this week. Otherwise, it would probably start coming out in a week. I'd say three weeks. We'll start trickling them out. And then uh, John Sharp's has been working with me to make receivers that meet my specifications, and he's been a uh, real strong uh, ally in this. So is Liberty Suppressor, CS Specs. Man, I'm sure I'm leaving out somebody that. Let's see, I don't know, David Fortier, which was kind of one of the guys that really wanted to get this round into the American public, you know, uh, and, and show people what it was capable of doing, you know, and things like that. But we, we've had tons of support and we got beautiful magazines for them. We've got our operating system down. They're not quite as accurate as I'd like them to be, but in fact it's pistol round and, uh, once you start shooting pistol rounds beyond a certain range, they start dropping off uh, a little bit exponentially. Now, that this is a different style round. It's got a, a little bit of ballistic coefficient programmed into it, and it handles much better than, say, like, you know, 45 ACP or something like that. But it is still within uh, usable limits and has hitting power that is man just I, I don't know if it's fair or unfair but when you're shooting the plates with blackout and uh, the uh, the 9 by 39 there is you don't have to ask which one was shot you wow. can hear it
1: wow we are going to take a quick break and talk about sportsman's guide <music> Right now, Sportsman's Guide has their 2019 hunting gear. So that includes apparel, footwear, tree stands, ground blinds. Uh, they also have designated uh, camo-colored firearms. So head on over to sportsmansguide.com. Check them out and, uh, you know, and pick up your hunting gear. All this hunting talk, you know. I'm like, hey, Sportsman's Guide would be the perfect place for you guys to pick that stuff up. All right. We are here with Mark Krebs. And, Mark, what do you think like the future of AKs in America looks like, um, as far as like American made calibers, even popularity, like we've seen that it has increased over the years. I think if anything, like even the last like two years, it's definitely gaining momentum. It's now becoming kind of cool to have an AK, whereas before, you know, like I said, everybody loved AR. No,
0: I I don't see any slowing down at all. Um, I, I see it as really kind of going forward and, uh, people start to appreciate them when they're in classes where they really have to, uh, in the harder classes where they have to actually deal with dirt and store your weapon and, and deal in with it. The lack of malfunctions shines, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. So what do you think, like if someone were to go and buy their first AK, what do you think, in your opinion, makes a good AK?
0: Well, there's a lot of good ones out there. The Chinese guns are good. The uh, Bulgarian guns are good. It's a little hit and miss sometimes on the Bulgarian guns, but all in all, they're made out of good materials and, uh, and well-made. Every now and then you get one that slips by, but the, they're an awesome gun. Um, and uh, there are a lot of a lot of gun makers out there that, that make a nice gun, mm-hmm. you know. what do you They're think not necessarily be... at our field, but... Yeah.
1: What do you think are the most important internal parts of an AK that would make a good AK?
0: Well, not to oversimplify it, but uh, having good parts made out of good materials with good specs with good heat treats Mm -hmm. and then craftsmanship because ak's are not easy to build that's the that's the uphill battle in building ak's is uh you could build 10 ars a day or you could build one ak a day and everybody wants it to go back to uh when the USSR was stamping them out and trying to get them to all the countries in the world, but fact of the matter is, if you want something that's going to do uh, perform better, you know, um, you're going to pay the price. Um, I, some people don't understand, uh, like with the receivers, the stamped receiver. It's very important to countersink the, the receiver into the trunnion. Mm -hmm. and this gives it like 10 times the the grip power than if you just squeeze the rivet on a flat surface. But what it does is it'll it'll actually take the sheet steel, this gap being where the rivet goes, and it'll bend it down into the countersink, and that makes it way durable, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, if you don't do that, then you're kind (laughs) of, you don't really have an AK. And the other thing is uh, some people have actually riveted guns from the outside using the barrel as a buck, and uh, it creates kind of a carrot shape that really doesn't hold on to anything. It looks good for the first 35 rounds, but then they start backing out and stuff and are really not doing what they're supposed to. Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know a lot about AKs, but I've heard you know a lot of them are rebuilt. They're used with like I guess like wartime parts. Is that true, or are a lot of these companies like cheaper AKs are just being built from scratch?
0: Well, it used to be true and still is with the with kits still being around. Mm-hmm. But we build an expensive gun. And um I mean we earn it, but we invest I mean we have eleven hundred bucks in aftermarket in parts that we make before we even start the gun. Yeah. You know, and uh having the receiver being straight and all of that stuff is a time consuming job that can be done right. And uh we do it right, uh, and um, hmm. that's what makes the AK. I mean, you get you got to the AK is you know it, it, it's a thin receiver, it's plenty strong because it's well heat treated, but uh, you have to put the gun together the way that it's supposed to be put together. Otherwise, uh, you can get problems.
1: Yeah, what would you say are like some simple u- upgrades to like a basic AK? that people could do to improve their IK?
0: Well, um, sites, safety, trigger, th- those are the, 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 first things, which is practical accuracy. You know, um, you you want the good, to, you want to be able to call your target and you got to have good sites to do that. And, uh, you got to have good ergonomics to get on the target quickly. And then after that, you just need the reliability and uh, the the accuracy that, you know, will guarantee, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's one question that I wanted to ask. Uh, well, there's a few questions that I figured since you're kind of like known as an AK expert in the industry, um, that you would kind of, you know, have an answer to this are braided springs better or worse than regular wire springs?
0: Um, I'd say they're probably... Well, they're better. Um, The the reason why they have the braided spring is, and actually, uh, they're making braided springs now for AR-15 or M4 hammers. And the biggest reason is that it, causes arrhythmias in uh, full auto fire Uh when you have a straight spring because it kind of takes a certain vibration and goes with it when you have the braided spring it tends to mellow out the the vibrations in them and uh, the other thing too is it's just going to last longer because uh, if you see a spring break typically it, it likes to f- the cracks follow the, the line of the spring and uh, if you have and that, that's because in the spring it's got stresses and that's what makes spring work and you can get them to separate in the middle and kind of scoot and when you have the thinner gauge wire um it tends to move around a little bit more and distribute the uh the uh tension evenly mm-hmm. okay so I, I would have to say they're better
1: okay and then one last question so ak owners love zenico rails but it's not easy to source do you have any plans on like making something like this
0: you know honestly i'm i'm not 100% familiar with them I, uh, we make the stuff that, you don't have one handy, do you?
1: I do not, know.
0: Nah, I should have looked that up before. But, uh, the four end rails are to mount flashlights, scopes, whatever. I think the lighter they are and the, uh, as long as they're solid, the better they are, um. There, anybody that's shot competition or uh, <laughs> combat uh, knows that transitioning your target is, you know, recoil is one thing. Transitioning your traverse is the heavier your gun is, the harder it's going to be to stop. And you need that infinitesimal stop to be on target and i've never seen competitive or in combat anybody that liked a heavy gun because of that reason
1: okay and then lastly what are your future plans i'm sorry what are your future plans
0: well going on with the the Nine by thirty nine. Um, we're getting the scope rail for the our new A two versions of our rifles, our seven sixty two by thirty nine rifles, and then I'm gonna move on towards uh, updating parts and things like that.
1: Very nice, so cool. I'm I'm definitely excited to see everything that you guys come out with and the nine by thirty nine cartridge sounds super interesting. I've, I've never shot one, so pretty excited about that as well.
0: Well, you will be shortly.
1: Yay! Alright, do you have time to hang out for the rest of the show? I'm sorry? Do you have time to hang out for the rest of the show?
0: Sure. All right. As long as I can hear it. <laughs>
1: I know, I'll try to talk a little louder.
0: <laughs> well, I'm kind of deaf. You know? But...
1: So we are going to talk about Q real quick and then get into the knowledge bomb. It's crazy the stuff that you find online, but apparently there's been a few dogs, a few cases where dogs have saved their owners from committing suicide. In particular, there's this lady, she's uh, in France, and she went to go shoot herself with a gun, and the dog jumped on, like, basically prevented her from shooting a major artery, which, uh, I don't know, they always say, like, dogs do kind of have a sense, like, where people who are going to have a seizure or a heart attack or something that dogs can typically sense it. I don't think my dog has really sensed anything, but she's four pounds and I don't really expect her to like save my life, but (laughs) I did find that interesting and uh, kind of wanted to share that with you guys. All right, now for the AF segment.
0: Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as A.F.
1: So recently, sadly, there was um, another shooting in California at the Garlic Festival. And uh, so I was reading the article, and it's really unfortunate that, you know, most people, it's like, oh, well, what gun did they use? Like, immediately, like, how is the media going to spin this? But one thing did kind of stick out a little bit, which was somebody, I guess, yelled, um, and they said, why are you doing this? And the gunman said, because I'm really angry. And, uh, there was a few people that verified that that was said, but it kind of just like, it makes you think that, again, I don't think that we're focusing on the real issue, which is like mental health, uh, which has seemed to, you know, become quite the problem. And it's not necessarily like the object that they use to, you know, to end somebody's life or hurt somebody, which we've seen, you know, people can easily use cars or, uh, you know, light somebody on fire. Um, so then I was like thinking like recently I just renewed my concealed carrier permit. And one of the questions that they asked, very similar to the 4473 when you buy a gun, it asked something to along the lines like, are you addicted to antidepressants? And I know as an FFL dealer, if you answer, you know, yes to any of those questions, then you automatically are basically disqualified from buying a gun. Like at that point, you're not even going to put it in the system because it's not, you know, you can't. But I kind of wonder like, well, what, you know, is that like, I feel like, you know, depression, anxiety, anger, all that stuff seems to be very much like still like taboo. And I wonder if more people addressed it or, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like why, I don't understand what would be the issue if somebody was on antidepressants and they were seeking help because, you know, perhaps they had like a mental imbalance or they were just going through a rough time. They needed something to kind of get them through that rough patch. But it just kind of seems, you know, because of the way things are laid out in society that, you know, if somebody is suffering from depression or anger or anything like that, they're not seeking help because once again, it's like nobody really talks about it. So I think, you know, definitely more, more has to be done about this because it's like every other day that you hear about a shooting and, you know, and it is unfortunate, super sad. But I think that if if nothing else, like we definitely need to, you know, push mental health and, and encourage people to seek help and, you know, talk to somebody because it's just, again, it's, it's because of the world. is kind of, nobody's talking about it. It's still taboo. So, so that's my two cents. Uh, so talk to your friends and family, you know, and, and make it less taboo.
0: Mark, can you, I, I get a couple taboo? of cents in there? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that mental health should be addressed more as of offering to give uh, assistance to people, but it is a slippery slope. It's like Oregon wants to know all your mental record, you know, or not mental medical records, you know, before you get, uh, you can buy a gun. Mm -hmm. And these are things that are entering into unconstitutional areas. And, um, You know, there are going to be people that do this type of thing. And I I really don't see what you could possibly do outside of making it easier for people to be, like you said, address the taboo issue. But you can't do that and hold it against them, Yeah, you know. Otherwise, they're not going to come forth, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and, and it's an
1: extremely valid point because you're right. Like once it's on your medical record, I mean, think about insurance. You know, a lot of times insurance agencies, they want to know, okay, well, what's your previous health record? Have you had any of this? And then your rate basically is based on that. Um, same thing, you know, if it's, if, and it is unconstitutional for, you know, let's say for somebody to be able to buy a gun, but then they have access to their mental records, and if they actually went out of their way to, you know, to seek help, then it comes back and bites them in the ass. And that, I mean, it's unfortunate. And then, but then, you know, things lead to shootings where people or they do crazy things or they take their own lives, and and it's just it's it's just I can't fathom. Like it's hard for me to fathom that there isn't more resources out there for people when clearly in my opinion, this is the issue. This is what's causing, you know, all...
0: Well, the- you look at, you know, 70% of the homeless people out there, you know, if they're not just sucking up the dollar mm-hmm. or the dole,
1: yeah,
0: it's, you know, they're mumbling to themselves walking down the street, you know? I mean, it's definitely an issue. Yeah, But it's, um, once again when you treat everybody bad because of one person, it's kind of like uh, legislative um, socialism, you know? I mean, um, you can't treat a person that way, you know? I mean, in our society, and I don't think you should be able to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, these things have horrified me ever since... You know, I mean, sometimes I I wonder, I've lost family members, all kinds of stuff to this issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, not physically lost them, but, you know, uh, they don't like me anymore because I'm, you know, the evil Grim Reaper. And uh, it comes down to what people are taught and how they live and then... Some people have very unfortunate situations that bring them to dire uh, points in their life. And they, why you'd want to hurt somebody because you're feeling bad is beyond me. Mm -hmm. But it's obviously not beyond some people, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. uh, Let's talk about something a little bit more happy, which is Sharps Bros. And you've mentioned Sharps Brothers. And, uh, it looks like, you know, it seems like you guys are pretty good friends and you work closely with each other. And, um, I know that John, you know, on his website, the MV 47 lower is available and you guys are, is that the lower that you guys are using?
0: Well, what actually what it is, what we've done is we've done a bunch, bunch of modifications for it and, uh, we'll be, we're patenting it. So we're, uh, not letting the the internal portions of it uh out yet Mm -hmm. which i would be happy to do at a later date in fact i was supposed to call them up today but
1: um you're like shit that reminds me (laughs) yeah well
0: i did we're going to teach this course uh next week and we're bringing the whole shop down there down there to uh actually uh build ak's with everybody
1: oh nice so that's that is the, the class that you guys are teaching, is building a case?
0: Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Very cool.
0: Uh, we used to teach 45 classes, but anyway, this is the receiver. Now, th- this is one that we have modified, but as you can tell, um, we've removed uh, material from up underneath here, mm-hmm. and this is to accommodate the fore end and lighten up the gun a bit because we've got a bull barrel on it. And uh, we're using Galil gas tube. It's stuck in here because of the paint right now, but it, it pulls right out the back. Nice. We're putting uh, side mount scope rails on them and dowel pinning them three times. And uh, he's doing a bunch of, he's doing the, the cuts for the uh, the Glil, uh gas tube it slides right out the back here and we we've done that to accommodate uh what we needed to do to make the gun cycle uh with or without a suppressor Uh, which is one of the problems on these guns is that you're basically shooting the pistol around and the uh, pressure curve is uh instant and you need to tap the gas as close to the breach as possible which is kind of uh semi impossible with the length of the carrier tube. But we've remedied that in a different way and uh we we will show you how once we, we have the uh patent filed. Okay,
1: awesome. So I mean I mean you would I think it's safe to say though that John, you know, Sharps has made a pretty decent AK lower.
0: Oh hell yeah. I wouldn't be working with him if he wasn't. Yeah. Just because of his beautiful face, you know.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I met him for the first time in person this past weekend. And it's so funny. I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but he came up to me and he was like, Hey, Ava, and I was like, Uh, who are you? (laughs) But in my defense, he also kinda had like a black eye thing going on. And I was like, Uh, I don't even know I don't even want to know what happened but apparently he was like wrestling and he got hit. And I, that's what he's saying anyways. And you know what, <laughs> if
0: that's what he wants to that was say. Me. But- um, no, yeah, John, John's cool, cool dude. He, uh, he's very open-minded, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat. You don't find people quite as open-minded in this field. And we sat him down and just read him this, uh, not a riot act but i mean you know we had a lot yeah a lot of requests that we'd like different and he he was totally um open to very it. open-minded to it uh-huh. and he wants to uh be a part of it you know i mean he, he's his heart's in it and uh yeah i uh, said on, on another uh, video we did uh that's man that's 90 percent of it you know is really wanting it to happen
1: yeah definitely and so his lower is sold for 4.99 and you can get that at dot com. i also want to i think this would probably be a good time to mention a giveaway that you're doing because i know that sharps bros is part of that giveaway do you want to tell right. a little bit about that
0: yes and i really want to kind of emphasize some things on this um we had a raffle a year or so back for a friend of mine, Kurt. His wife uh, had brain cancer and, and stuff like that, and uh, we did really well. Well, this year, man, Instagram is suppressing our shit so bad. I mean, um, what, what are the numbers on um, tickets um at, at any rate, they, they've been really whipping our ass as far as suppressing it. And we're barely passing what we could have. In fact, it's about even with what we could have sold the stuff for retail. Wow. And uh, there are a lot more chances to win in this thing. And uh, that's why we put it on with a really long time span because we knew we were going to get hammered with this Because uh, the the first time we talked to them, we asked if we could uh do a like a mega blast you know through uh the web and um they said well you can't do that because it involves uh gun sales and i said well you know this is not gun sales this is trying to help a person out you know and they said it doesn't matter to them. And I said, thank you for your compassion. And uh, since then, they, they've been just pounding us. I mean, we uh, it's brutal. And, and with that, if there's anybody watching that actually cares, our, our, our quality control inspector and all-around gunsmith, Andrew Daniels is—he's uh, going to have a hard time paying for his house with all these medical bills from his uh, wife's uh, heart surgery. And if anybody could try to repost this and get around Instagram, that—that that would be really good. It, it's something that—it's uh, its a—it's a, it's a crappy feeling knowing that they're just hammering on us and the results are, are really obvious on our, uh, count.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Well, it's just, it's crappy that Facebook and Instagram, like they shadow ban a lot of these companies because it goes against their, you know, their beliefs.
0: Um, no, so- I, you know, I, I Googled, uh, uh, AK 15 and got all kinds of crap up. And then I, I went on my cell phone and did Bing. AK 15 came right up, you know, Mm-hmm. These people mess with you, and yeah. uh they're necessary evil, but man, I'm telling you, it it's they've been uh they've reaped havoc on this uh on this raffle mm-hmm. and uh
1: the raffle so how do people join the raffle
0: just um get on the website and we got all the information there
1: and that's crud yeah. custom
0: right and um the uh you can buy uh tickets for 20 bucks a piece or you get six for a hundred and um
1: and there's all kinds of giveaways i was looking briefly at that list and there's like i mean just a lot of like
0: awesome companies it's roughly one out of three people got a prize right now wow so it's definitely worth uh Putting a couple of bucks into if if you you care about the cause mm-hmm. and um, he's a good boy that's all I can tell you and his wife's a, a great lady and they got a young kid and,
1: and uh, when are you guys drawing a like or drawing the winners?
0: Well, you know that <laughs> and that know, would I be the, the end of August uh, on your your podcast.
1: Okay. So end of August guys, tune in and find out if you won.
0: The 28th of August.
1: Okay. Well, for right now, just to say, like just to be safe, we'll say end of August, but we're leaning towards the 28th if that is the correct date. But definitely, you know, tune in and, uh, and find out, you know, if you guys won anything, but 20 bucks. I mean, that's, you know, that's like chump change. So head over to Krebs custom and make sure that you buy your ticket definitely a lot of cool prizes and you know like Martin's Oh,
0: we got beautiful stuff glil 308 pistol we got uh ac 18 core rifle
1: wow uh
0: tons of products that uh, people will come out of the woodwork once again it's kind of funny you know you you just start telling people about it they say well let me get in on that you know yeah and uh well, kind of restores your faith
1: after this i will post uh I will post a link on Facebook and as well as my Patreon. And I'm sure that patrons will, will join in. All right. So now we're going to do the Q and a
0: Q and a there's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit. Gunfunny.com <laughs> forward slash contact to submit yours.
1: And today's question is a little dumb. It says, what is your most useless talent? And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, I'm like super talented. So, uh, but I had to think about this. And the only thing that came to mind is I remember a few years back, well, this had to have been over seven years because I went to new Orleans with my mom and, uh, it was my sister and another girlfriend and we just had like a really fun, like girls trip and it was in new Orleans and I ended up drinking quite a bit. I mean, we all ended up drinking quite a bit. But I ended up winning the hula hoop contest. And I think the hula hoop contest, you know, the hula hoop that you like.
0: Oh, I've watched that.
1: Okay, well, (laughs) I did nine hula hoops. So what's funny about it is I can't even hula hoop one hula hoop when I'm sober. But apparently when I'm, you know, drunk and at a bar, I can, you know, I can hula hoop all the hula hoops. So (laughs) I can also do a headstand when I'm drunk and I can't do it when I'm sober. when I'm sober so it's kind of weird but that's the only thing that I could really think of I don't know Mark do you have anything
0: useless talents Um,
1: like can you touch like your you know the tip of your tongue to your nose or something or
0: (laughs) well actually as uh, porky as I am you might even say fat uh, (laughs) I still touch my toes and uh, I'm a real limber that helps me get in and out of my Jeep, but outside of that, it's really not um, an earth changer.
1: Hey, look, honestly, that's something to be proud about because I think most men, you know, after 30 cannot touch their toes. So I would say, you know, you're doing pretty well. <laughs> all right let's talk about that yeah, right <laughs> all right so polymer 80 there uh I saw Alex uh, who's with polymer 80 at triggercon just you know this past weekend and uh you know he's like such a good friend of mine um we always have a lot of fun but hung out at his booth for a little while and they were uh they were selling serialized complete polymer 80 guns. And the best part about this is it's averaging about mm, a little over $500 for a complete Polymer 80, which is like a steal because if you think about, you know, by the time you buy the slide, the frame, the lower parts kit, the slide kit, the trigger, the sights, um, you know, it's, it's definitely going to cost a little more than $500. Polymer 80 is not selling these on their website, but they are using, you know, companies like Rainier Arms. Um so you can just go to the you know go to their websites, uh Brownell.
0: And what are they? I'm sorry, I did not uh
1: So it's it's basically it's a it's a complete Polymer eighty. And you know how Polymer eighty is known for their frames. They're typically, you know, they're referred to as ghost guns because they don't have a serial number on them because they're not considered frames until you get them. Right. And you
0: You're talking you... about Glocks
1: yeah. now or uh they're very similar to Glocks, yeah. Okay. They they accept any of the gen three Glock parts. But
0: okay, okay.
1: But what's new to Polymer 80 is now they are selling complete Polymer 80 guns. So you don't have and they're serialized. Uh so for those who are kind of afraid of, you know, using guns that are not serialized, but the best part about it is the price. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you- I'm sure that on their website they have a list of all of their dealers, head on over to polymer80.com. Otherwise, if you see anything on that website that you like, use the code GunFunny and that will get you ten percent off.
0: You know, I, I, uh, being a 1911 guy, I kind of had a problem with the block. Love it? Hate it? Find out now.
1: And I apologize. I hit that button a little too soon. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Don't
1: worry about it. Oh, so, tacti Talk. So another thing that I saw at TriggerCon was IWI just released the Masada pistol. And that kind of took over the show. Basically, it's a, you know, polymer frame type pistol. I would say that it's very close. It feels in your hand very close to the HKVP9, which I really like. I like the feeling of that gun. I don't shoot it as well, but I do like the way that it feels in my hands. What's great about this gun is it's completely ambidextrous. So a lot of times people say, Oh, the gun's ambidextrous, but you know, it's, it's typically just like the mag release that's ambidextrous. Um, Whereas this, it also has, you know, the slide lock on both sides. It comes with two 17-round magazines, which the gun really isn't that big to hold, you know, 17-round magazines. Um, It looks a lot smaller. It has interchangeable back straps, so if you have smaller hands or bigger hands, you could change that out. And then this is kind of mind-blowing, but MSRP is only 480, which is pretty impressive for IWI then you know, I, I think I'm gonna get one of those guns um to kind of test. So I'll I'll put out a video. I am gonna put out a video tomorrow where I, you know, I did the booth interview. So if you guys are interested in hearing more information about that or about their newer guns that um are also coming out in the near future, definitely uh tune into my YouTube channel, just Google Ava Flannel and you'll find it. But, yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with that. So I can't wait to get my hands on one and actually shoot it.
0: Yeah, I, I trust them. Um, they put a lot of usable knowledge into their guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see it when you're working on them. You go, oh, I'll clear this out. Oh, wait, it's already been cleared out. Just different things like that. And uh, the the plastic guns were kind of a... Uh, A problem with me because I was a nineteen eleven guy, but man, I think they've come. Majority of them are kind of the AK of the uh, handgun world. It's uh, it's something that I've had to get used to, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm going to be checking one out here real soon.
1: Yeah, it seems like, I mean, Polymer 80, for me, like, that's typically what I prefer, and it's, it's so much lighter, especially for carry and stuff, but, um, I think that they've come a long way, and I, you know, like, a lot of my guns, like, that's what I use for protection. I haven't had issues with it, so, but I can understand that.
0: Well, carrying it's 90% of the battle. I mean, you know, typically, you don't use it. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> And your 29 at home isn't nearly as valuable as your Beretta 121 in your pocket, Uh you know? Yep, absolutely. And if you can carry it, that's what makes it a viable deal, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Yep. All right, now on to iTunes reviews. So, a lot of you guys have been leaving iTunes reviews, and I greatly appreciate it. If you're not a fan of iTunes, just head on over to the Gun Funny Facebook page and leave us a review there. Um, It just kind of helps to, you know, kind of, you know, sort of get us kind of on the map, and uh, and I greatly appreciate it. So, first review is from 22Cheapster, five stars, keeping it real. I look forward to Monday mornings and enjoy each and every show each week. I enjoy Ava's point of view on the gun industry as a whole. Each guest is a whole new box of fun and they feel relaxed enough to just be themselves on all but NDA hush hush stuff. While I personally miss Sean, the comedic relief, that is a personal preference and the show has only flourished with Ava leading way. Uh, we do need Gertrude on the show again, prank call or not. By the way, Brittany wouldn't hurt either. Tacticals is the most dangerous and cutest little operator in the business. And then a second review is agent J dash five stars on point. If you're in the industry, this is a must listen to podcast. I spent hours on the road and listen, or I spend hours on the road and listen to new, new and old podcasts. Ava stays on top of current events in the industry. I was excited to hear the story of the Yeet cannon. I would recommend this podcast to others as it was recommended to me. Keep up the awesome work. All right, so Mark, out of those two reviews, I want you to pick a winner to win a prize pack. So, would you say the first or the second?
0: I'd say the second. I um, or both. I mean, you're a knowledgeable <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're whoa. not asking me what color gun I like. You know, you're asking me about real stuff, and uh, it's very hard to get. Out of an interviewer, a lot of times, uh, the things that, that you would like to talk about as an expert mm-hmm. or as close as you could consider yourself to one. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm into guns, man. I, w- I want to know more about them. And I, I'm assuming the people that tune into you would as well. And um, you've always asked intelligent questions. About guns, and you without an intelligent question, you cannot give an intelligent answer.
1: Well, thank you. Sometimes my questions are intelligent when I'm sober. No, I'm that, kidding.
0: <laughs> that, you're really good looking. Uh, um, thank
1: you. All right, so now we are wrapping up. If you guys want to find links to everything, just go to gunfunny.com. Uh, there's links to, you know, if you want to find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes. Um, even YouTube. My YouTube is up on there. So there's the gun funny YouTube as well as the Ava Flannel YouTube. And I have a lot of videos that I'll be posting this week of my trip to TriggerCon. If you can't get enough, uh consider becoming a Patreon. So just a dollar gets you access to our Patreon only Facebook page. So we went live quite a few times uh when we were at TriggerCon. I stayed with a few Patreons. We had a blast. Like we're definitely becoming more of a uh kind of a family. I mean you know, a messed up family, but uh, definitely becoming more of a family. I really enjoy everyone who's a Patreon, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to even like when I'm having a bad day go on the Facebook page and like everyone's, you know, making jokes and stuff. And then there's different levels. Recently I met up with Michael Sikohan from Blown Deadline and he wants to offer the Patreons once a month. We're going to draw a lucky winner, and you will get three hundred dollars worth of Cerakote, uh or a Cerakote job oh. from Blown Deadline. And if you guys are not familiar with Blown Deadline, you're living under a rock because he is basically like the seracote king. Everywhere that I went, all over the show, his his pro- products were, you know, his his work was displayed on, in like every booth. So this is an op, like an awesome opportunity. So if you were kind of thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to become a patron, now would definitely be the time to do it because not only are we doing a raffle every month, but now on top of that, we are also giving away a $300 uh, coat job from Balloon Deadline. All of your, you know, all of the Patreon uh, pledges and stuff, it goes right back into the show because of you guys. I'm able to afford a editor, Kenny Ortega. This week he gets, you know, he's off because we went live so he doesn't have to edit the show. But because of you guys, I'm able to afford it better equipment and uh, and bring you guys the best possible show. And I want to thank our $25 Patreons. Those people are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Kevin Brittingham, Michael Alexio, Silencer Shop, and Joe Lines. And our king of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And he wants me to say that when the zombie apocalypse starts, Operator Tickles won't try to survive the zombie as well. <laughs> and then uh, last little segment, the Tag Pack giveaway. Uh, sometime this week, probably I don't around the next couple of days, uh, once I get caught up on everything, I will post a video and pick a lucky winner for the Tag Pack. And you do not have to be a patron for this. All you have to do to enter is just go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP as in Tag Pack put your name, your email address, and I will draw a lucky winner. And um if you guys want to head on over to Tag Pack and just get your box, use the code gunfunny and with your first box you will receive a free ABKT knife, which I have one and it's it's really nice. Mark, I can't thank you enough for joining me today, spending your evening with me. Um oh,
0: thank you. And uh thanks for helping us support the raffle.
1: Oh, absolutely um, as soon as the show yeah,
0: w- once again I'd, I'd really do my buddy drew a favor and uh, buy a raffle ticket and uh, more importantly share the stuff with people because it is being suppressed by uh, uh Instagram very bad.
1: okay, yeah, so if you guys could share that and there is uh they could just share your post from Instagram or Facebook. Otherwise, go out and buy a raffle ticket. I know that's what I'm doing once the show ends. And then also, where can listeners find your website?
0: KrebsCustom.com.
1: Okay, perfect. i
0: ask Tim. <laughs> awesome.
1: And then also be on the lookout for a few videos where I'm going to review three of the Krebs Custom AKs, which I'm super excited about. Got my feet wet the other day just kind of blinking with them, but I'm going back to the range with them and... uh and I'm going to do a review, but so far I'm really impressed with, with everything. So you guys are doing an awesome Try, job.
0: try to shoot one at night. That's something that nobody ever does. And I busted my butt to get that thing to work well. All
1: right. So, hey, Jack, my I push I'll
0: buy you dinner and, uh, I'll bring my wife so you won't have to feel creeped <laughs> out. And, uh. Oh. <laughs> all
1: right. I, I think I can, I can wing that. I can shoot it at night. Cool. I know some people. So, all right. Well, thanks again and enjoy the rest of your evening. And guys, if you are listening, don't forget to hit that thumbs up, um, subscribe and, uh, and I appreciate, you know, everyone's time.
0: Cool. Well, thank you, Ava. Uh, you run a very professional thing here. Um, uh, oh, really covered a lot of good technical ground. Uh, I'm, uh, Impressed.
1: Thank you. Awesome. Well, I will be in touch with you guys uh, here shortly, and uh, everyone, I hope you have a good Tuesday night.
0: Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else? Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.